of America, Washington, D.C., signing on. It is 2100 Eastern Time. We are live on the air here in the virtual Green Dragon Tavern. It is good to have all of you on this wonderful Maundy Thursday, which is the uh, celebration of the Last Supper of our Lord and the Twelve Apostles. And uh, is a, a wonderful celebration all across uh, every denomination of the Christian faith. Uh, we observe Maundy Thursday going into, of course, Good Friday tomorrow and uh, uh, Easter itself, which we observe on Sunday. And I'm really, really excited for it. It is, of course, uh, for the faithful the most holiday, uh, the most holiday, the most high of holidays, um, more so to me than, than Christmas. Uh, you know, when, when Christmas is so commercialized and it, it Easter is uh, the, the celebration of the resurrection of our Lord uh, who, who died for our sins is just so much more to me, so much more important, uh, so much more important. And, you know, in my teenage years, I began to, to realize that. And uh, so, I mean, I enjoy the time at Christmas. Don't, don't get me wrong. I, I enjoy it. And, and Christmas has a magic all on its own. Uh, wonderful, wonderful time, a wonderful feeling, uh, connecting with family and, and sharing in that that wonderful faith. But Easter is, is just a, uh, to me at least, it's just so much better of a time. Uh, it's, it's spring, everything is budding, everything's blooming, uh, you know, we're, we're outdoors, sunrise services, it's just such a beautiful thing, uh, it's, it's such a beautiful thing, the, the death and resurrection of the Lord, and, um, it, it really is a great time of the year, and, and I am so happy to be sharing it with all of you. Uh, and, and for all of you to be in here on this live show, of course, we're going to be talking about some uh, not so wonderful things, some not so beautiful things. And, uh, you know, still coming out of the terrorist attack in Tennessee on the Christian faith, the terrorist attack in Tennessee on the faithful Americans. Uh, everything that we hold to be good and wholesome in America and our faith was attacked. Uh, the most innocent among us 
was killed and was killed by an evil person, not just because, and I'm going to go on and throw this out there, not just because the person's a killer. Okay. We have a duty to stand against evil. Do you understand the gravity of that? I want to point that out going into Easter. We have a duty to stand against evil. And there is a great evil that is upon us. Very, very great evil that is upon us. You can call it what you want. You can call it what you want. I call it a coordinated attack. And this this transgender movement, this transgender, this worshiping of, of Baal, which is what this is, which is what this is. If you look at every one of these drag queens, why is it, why is it that they dress like demons? Because they do. Because they do. You know, it, it, it's it's not simply uh, a man who who wishes to be a woman who's damaged goods, right? And society's begun to normalize it. It's not any of that. There's something deeper. There's something a lot darker. And yes, we know for a fact they're absolutely targeting children, right? This this is indisputable. It's indisputable. Remember the song "We're Coming for Your Kids," right? And there's, there's another question that I'm going to pose and that we're going to be exploring in tonight's live is why, why Dylan Roof, Dylan Roof, self-proclaimed, self-avowed white supremacist, right, attacks a black church in South Carolina. Kills Christians, because that is what he did. That is a fact of the crime. And he was immediately he was immediately labeled a domestic terrorist. It was declared a hate crime as it should, as it should be. That's exactly what it should be. Why is it now that when we have a suspect, right? Not the, the, the accused, quote unquote. No question that this girl did it, right? White female, by the way, white female, who happened to kill a black man who was an administrator at this Christian school. Why is it that the Department of Justice has not called this a hate crime? Why are they dragging their feet? And why is it that we have this uncanny ability in the United States to allow for this protected class to make of itself victimhood? Victimhood. Leading up to this absolutely shameful, absolutely grotesque display in Tennessee on the quote-unquote trans day of rage, because that's what happened. I called out the New York Times on that this morning on Twitter. 
Their story was a lie. It was BS from top to bottom, and we all know it. Everyone knows it. That protest that happened, which also happened in Kentucky, which also happened in Austin, Texas, was transgender days of rage. Imagine, if you will, a world in which white supremacists who are aligned with Dylan Roof had done the same. It would be absurd, absurd, absurd to think about, would it not? And yet here we are. And yet here we are. And they continue. They continue to target Christians. They're very explicit about that. They're very, very explicit about that. You know, I think, I think that this extends well past simple words by the damaged, by the broken, by the damned. It goes far beyond that. This is evil. And we have a moral obligation to stand against it. Anyhow, quick word from uh, the show sponsors. Now that I've I've laid it all out there and I've set the tone for tonight, it's going to be a little fire and brimstone because it needs to be. It needs to be. We need it. It's it it, it is needed. It is 100% called for right now. But a quick word from the people who have the moral the moral conviction to keep us on the air, to keep this show on the air. A number one ranked podcast, by the way. Yep, put that up on Twitter this morning as well. You see the numbers. You see where we are. All right. Hey, you know, we're out there. And I'm going to keep being out there at the forefront of this. I don't back down from anything because we have to make our voices heard. So anyway, with that said, civildefensemanual.com. I'm going to have Jack Lawson on the show uh, very, very soon. I was communicating with him earlier today via email, and uh, the the question came up, why the heck haven't you been on the show yet? Uh, You know, which is really more my fault than his. Um, But we're going to get him on the show. We're going to get him on the show. We're going to, we're going to have some bangers next week uh, for sure. CivilDefenseManual.com. Of course, I wrote the communications chapter in that. So uh, the two-volume set, a lot of great information in there, of course. Jack himself um, cut his teeth in Rhodesia. And uh, his experiences there working uh, farm security and Rhodesian light infantry, um, he, he's, he has got one hell of a story to tell. And we're going to be talking about that when I have him live on the air. Of course, Blacksmith Publishing. Blacksmith Publishing, publishers of the U.S. Army Small Unit Tactics Handbook, as well as Iron Sharpening Iron, and a lot of other really great books as well. They are the Warriors bookstore and of course tacticalwisdom.com my very very good friend joe dolio who is in the house tonight uh my partner in thought crime and uh, of course we had a, a another banger of an episode last night 
on the Privy Council, and that was a hell of a lot of fun as well. Of course, the Gorilla's Guide to the Baofeng Radio still, which is just blowing my mind of, of you know how well this book has been received, and I'm very, very honored by that, but still number one bestseller in communications. Um, you know, top rankings on Amazon, you name it, get close to 300 reviews with uh, still a 4.7 rating, which is really, really incredible. Of course, Gorilla Dispatch Volumes 1 and 2 is out as well. Make sure you pick those up. Available on Amazon.com. And I will have both of those volumes available next week. I will have my copies of the Gorilla Dispatch Volume 2 because a lot of you have reached out to me. A lot of you have uh, wanted to buy it from me specifically, and, and you've been emailing me, hey, you know, when, when can I get the book from you? I'd rather buy it from you. Hey, you know, it, it's, it's a weird thing about Amazon. Uh, when you publish a book, you know, folks can buy it literally the, the day that it goes live, but you don't get your your uh, author's copies until like a month after it's been published, uh, which, you know, in, in this case, it'll be about two weeks for me. But uh, when when the original Baofeng book went live, I didn't get it for like a month. It was after Christmas and that thing went uh, it was it went live, I think, on December 2nd. If I remember right. So uh, last, certainly not least on the list, Horve Morvik show on TNTradio.com. If you are not listening to Horve, I was listening to Horve earlier today. Uh, was mowing a lot of grass around the gorilla camp, getting things cleaned up, and um, was listening to Horve on my headphones while I was mowing. If you're not listening to that show, it needs to be in your daily podcast rotation available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, now, I do want to point out, I said last but not least, I lied a little bit, uh, brushbeater.store. A lot of you are reaching out to brushbeater.store. Um, you, you, you know, you're, you're ordering a lot of stuff. This, this, the, the sales figures on the store are just crazy. Um, you know, I've, I've kind of fallen into this morning routine of getting all the orders packed up, getting everything out the door, uh, you know, it, it every single day, you know, getting falling into that routine. And um, it, it's been it's 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 a lot of work, uh, I, I will say on this end. It's, it's been a lot of work, but but all orders over one hundred dollars ship free. Okay, that's universal. It doesn't have to be any promo codes. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, no special discounts, no, you know, double secret uh, super probation or any of that stuff, right? You know, all orders over $100 ship free, right? 100% free. Shipping's on me. If you spend $100 in the online store, which is really easy to do because there's a lot of good products in there and I'm going to be adding more stuff very soon. I've got a lot of other things on tap. Um, but, but ships hundred percent free. Uh, so anyway, a lot of great products in there, a lot of great products in there without further ado, without further ado, uh, my wonderful guest hosts in here in the virtual green dragon tavern, First on the list, 
Patriot man, what's up, buddy? <laughs> what's up? What's up, brother? How we doing tonight? We're well. We're well on this end. Uh, we're well here too. My voice is on the mend right now. Um, it might not come through over the uh, the comms, but it's finally on the mend. All I have left to fix is a post nasal trip. Went to the doctor today, so uh, hopefully the next two weeks will get sorted away. Um, it'll be about six fucking months that I've been dealing with this, but it should be uh, should be squared away in, in a couple weeks. So um, other than that, I mean, all good on this end. Um, was doing some. Uh, Combo stuff, um, messing around with some of the Balfangs earlier. Um, I got a couple of Bolt Boys, um, the uh, the guards for the uh, volume and for the talk button. I've been putting an article up on that in the next couple days. But um, other than that, man, everything's been good here. Good. It's good to hear, man. I, I saw you in the chat. You said uh, thunderstorms knock out the power. They actually knocked out our power for a little bit. Uh, right before I came on air, that that's why I was kind of. Um, when I text you, yeah, well, you're up in the air about yeah. It well, yeah, it, it knocked out the power, and it. I mean, it it was pretty nasty, man. Like the the, uh, it's that time of the year. Yeah, you start well, getting them pop up. It was yeah. uh, severe thunderstorms around DC, and we we had been told that we were going to get hit with thunderstorms like 5 p.m., 6 p.m. But the storm slowed down, and now they're coming through, and it's just all yellow. So, um, so we'll see. I mean, I should be fine. I pre-staged the generator just in case. Uh, lesson learned. Um, I thought I was paying attention um, a couple of days ago. We had a storm. Um, this is just for all the listeners out there. You know, do your quarterly runs of generators. Uh, if not more frequently, because I thought I was on top of mine. Then I realized I hadn't ran it in seven months, and there was a big storm coming, a good chance we are going to lose power, and it was an absolute bitch to get this thing to run, to run it for a few minutes before the storm came. So um, I think I texted you right afterwards. I was like, lesson learned. I really thought I had it in my calendar. I missed it somehow, so run your generators. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, that's something... Honestly, like we we all fall short of that, man. Like, you know, it, you know, I, I winterize my generators here, but dude, you're you're supposed to run them once a month for like you know twenty minutes. Some people yeah. will put like a half a tank of gas in them and, and run it completely dry. Uh, you know, I, I mean, that's what you should do. Yeah. It, it never ends up working out that way. Like, well, I, I just don't know how I missed the August one. Like, I missed the August one, and then I missed uh, November. So it had been like eight months. And luckily, I, had, I keep a decent amount of gas on hand, so I was able to refresh whatever gas was in there. And um, I had a couple tricks to the trade. I have the same one you have, um, the yeah. Harbor Freight Predator. And uh, yeah. the thing is, you know, people like to make fun of Harbor Freight. That generator is an absolute tank. And um, after about five minutes of fiddling with it, it started right back up. There, there is a lot of stuff that Harbor Freight puts out that is that deserves the scorn that it gets. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, there there is some stuff that they put out. But, I mean, you go in there, you're like, eh, you know, you, you there are some items you're getting what you pay for. But I'm going to tell you something about the generator. And uh, Bryce from Intrepid Tactics, something that, that we were kind of commenting back and forth about earlier today, but it, it was it was more to the tune of uh, Camo and 
you know, uh, microchip driven equipment, computers, uh, small board computers, single board computers, uh, Raspberry Pi and Arduino and all that stuff. Um, but it, you know, we really, we were talking about Kamo and, um, you know, if with this is Chinese blockade, which we're going to be talking about tonight too, but, uh, the Chinese blockade now of Taiwan, like they're in position, you know, this is something we've been talking about. This is coming. And here we are. Like, you know, it's, we're, we're trying desperately to get caught up on chip production, chip manufacturing here in the yeah. States, but, and we ain't going to get it. But, but more to my point is that we're also going to get hit hard in the small engine department because those Harbor freight generators are literally copies of Honda generators. And they're yeah. built in Taiwan. So you're, you're getting a very, very good piece of equipment. I mean, the, the power inverter generator that they put out, the little one, the, the one that's like uh, 500 bucks or, you know, I think it's a little bit more than that now because of inflation and everything. But, they, you know, when I bought mine, it's $500. And I, I can't find a single fault with that thing, man. It is it is like idiot proof, crank up. Instructions are right there, right on top of it. I know that if I'm not home, you know, I, I can say, you know, um, hey, here's how you start it. It's it's very yeah. easy to follow. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, their generators, their generators are definitely worth the purchase. And I know a lot of people that run them and have run them hard and neglected them. And I mean, they they stand up. I mean, it, it's that's I, I would say it's probably the one thing from Harbor Freight. Well, that and their tarps. Their tarps are pretty good. Yeah, the tarp the tarps are good too. Uh, a lot yeah, of times, the, uh, like the, I, I got a I got a small air compressor that's mounted on my trailer that uh, I got from them just because if something happens to it, I, I really don't care. Yeah. But um, that thing's been a trooper too, you know. Like I've I've bought a lot of junk from Harbor Freight, but those things, hey, yeah, zero complaints, man. Yeah, you, you always talk about how the, the gear you you bring to the field is disposable. So a lot of times when I'm looking for wire cutters or fence and pliers or anything like that, I'll get the Harbor Freight stuff because I have no problem. If I got to ditch that gear, you know, that cost me, what, three bucks? Throw in the woods. I don't care. Oh, yeah. So that's, that's another good thing about Harbor Freight. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Well, moving down the list, the man, the myth, the legend, the haunt, of the Privy Council and the Council on Future Conflict, the Mystic Sage himself with the Magic Eight Ball, the man with the plan, Mr. Joe Dolio. Uh, for the record, my plan at the moment involves bugging out to your G Camp, but hey, um, you have like no audio. Uh, well, stand by. Go, come back to me. Go, go, go around. Okay. We'll come back to you. We'll come back to you. We'll, we'll get back to you as you, you sort out those audio issues. Um, so, uh, <laughs> threw me off there. I was, I was, I was expecting like another 10 minutes of content, but, uh, because you, you don't have a proper microphone to get in. They here. must've bought it at Harbor Freight. 
Must have bought it. See, there you go. Madman Actual. What is up, brother? You know, I uh, I was cutting my grass today. Me and too. I was thinking, I was like, man, you know, I just got a John Deere from somebody. They uh, they actually gave it to me, which was really, really nice. Because, man, that push mower on this big old uh, acre plot I got just wasn't working. No. Um, so I was cruising around on my John Deere tractor. And I was like, man, you know, I hope Scout's cutting his grass because... He's got a lot down at the knee <laughs> camp. That's funny you mentioned I that. I do. I do. I got like three acres worth. Yeah. <laughs> just just to mow around the, the classroom and the house. And it's like, yeah, uh, man. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I was, I was totally out there mowing today. Yeah, I mowed, uh, I mowed yesterday. And then I got about halfway done. And I was like, man, the mower like just kind of crapped out on me. So then I had to finish it today with the uh, with the tractor, zipped right through it. So I used to make fun of the guys that had ride mowers, but now I get it. It it makes a lot of sense. It's just too much. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, it it's like man, you know, once you once you hit that zero turn life, you don't you know you don't go back. So, oh, I'm like on the regular old tractor, tractor mode. Yeah, and I mean, they, you know, what I will say about traditional lawn tractor mowers is they're less complicated. They're they're mm-hmm. more useful. I mean, they they have other. Yeah, you utilities get the little carts besides. and everything, and some of them have yeah. like you can put a uh, put a little snow plow on the front. Some of them, yeah. You know, they are pretty utilitous. Yeah, they they they're that's a useful it's a useful thing, man. But um I'm telling you that the zero turn life that, that's a life of luxury right there. Oh yeah. I saw somebody zipping on their zero turn earlier. I was like, man, they are cruising through that lawn. Dude, it's like like no <laughs> weed eater time either. Like no. you ain't gotta worry about running that weed eater much. It's just it's like, yeah, this is great. This I kind of like the weed eater though, man, because that's like my my back and bicep workout all in one. Ugh, yeah, it is. Just walking around the whole yard, just like getting it on all those weeds that you can't get with the mower. Well, plus, like what what helps? Well, what, what helps that case is that I've got still industrial weed eaters. Mm-hmm. Like I've got a still one twenty, which that the uh, FS one twenty, which is a commercial weed eater. Set oh, yeah, that's weighs. a good one. Yeah, that thing's like like carrying a saw, man. It's, Is that the yeah. one that's got like the the two like handles on it? Yeah, like the mountain bike handles. Yep. yep. Oh yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's that's the, that's the one that they like. They have prison crews out there on the side of the road <laughs> working with. Not that serious. Like in in the summertime in North Carolina, you ride around like you you ride on the back roads. You will see the work crews out there. They, you know, they're all wearing their their NC DOC uniforms, mm-hmm. and and you know they're out there running them weed eaters. Say, like, hey, get oh, the yeah. big commercial weed eaters. That's what this thing is. I mean, it, dude, it, it's heavy duty, but it will literally last forever. Like, I got two of them. They will last. I, think I got like, I got a steal. It's like the Harry homeowner one though. 
I can't remember what model it is. It runs Still, pretty good though. I've run it for like an hour straight and it was just fine. Oh yeah. It the thing is is that the weight cuts down the vibration. So you you yeah. end up not worrying about the the heavier weight so much because you it doesn't vibrate that bad. It, it like anybody that that's run a lightweight weed eater for a while knows that they vibrate like crazy like you you if you run one for you know a couple hours you're gonna have a hard time with your fingers once you you get done you're like ah man like chainsaws the same way you run a small chainsaw like a a pruning saw or you know something that's a smaller cc saw that thing vibrates like crazy you're like ah once you get done with it that's that's why i mean i don't mind running a bigger chainsaw in the fall it, it doesn't bother me a bit um you know i i've got a steel 311 that i that i run but but truthful and, and that's because that's the the best power to weight ratio but honestly the the 044 that i had until a drug addict uh relieved me of it he, he needed it more than i did apparently <laughs> uh well you know i mean no the pawn shop saying, needed it yeah, yeah, he he needed whatever he got for it at at the local at the local swap shop. But anyway, um, you know that's that's neither here nor there. But the the O forty four, the old farm boss, and really the the bigger ones like you you get into the uh, the professional grade saws from there where they have like twenty six inch bars and skip chains and everything. But you like you go from running a small saw like when I was a kid. Um, running a home light XL and a um, uh, 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 an Echo. Echo was the other brand. Which, which yeah. Echo, yeah, Echo's still around. Um, they, yeah, you know, they, they, they Home Depot sells them. Yeah, but but we we just had a little one. Like it, it wasn't a it wasn't a big one. A home light XL was was big enough. Like that was a homeowner saw. And then um, you know it was there was an Echo that was about the same size. Man. Dude, running that thing when I was a kid, it was like, oh, dude, this is like, this makes your hands just like your whole body vibrates while you're, you, uh, like while you're running this thing. And uh, neither one of them had automatic oilers either. Like that was a that was a new thing for me. Was when when we finally bought first couple of steels, it was like, oh, I don't have to hit the the chain oiler like. Yeah. like Every every couple seconds, like you, you got to hit the, the oiler button. You know, have, having an automatic oiler is like, oh, this is this is luxury. I tell you what, though, with those auto louvers, you run through some bar lube pretty quick if you're uh, bucking up a good good sized tree. Yeah, man, I burned through a whole tank cut bucking up like one big ass branch off of a tree that got cut down in my backyard. <laughs> it was an ash tree. Oh man, man. that poor yeah, that ashes. <laughs> Yeah, that was like the debut of that saw. (laughs) Got to chop up an ash tree. I was like, this poor thing. I feel bad for it, but not that bad. Ash, ash is hard. White oak, Osage. Uh, Osage, probably. That and... um, uh, Well, yeah, Osage. I'd say probably Osage is, is the hardest tree... I have ever cut through. Um, 
holly trees are pretty hard too. If you, you find a mature holly tree, we got a lot of them around here. Yeah, those are that's tough. A, that's a man, I I wore a chain completely out on a, oh, yeah, a you six got a inch holly tree. I mean it it ate it up. So we Yeah, everything about holly trees suck. Yeah. Yeah. They, hey, they, they poke ooh. the shit out of you and they're hard to cut up. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. I just, uh, I ain't into them. But uh, Ranger122 in the comments, Husqvarna 455 Rancher. Yeah, that, that's another good one. Um, Husqvarna. Husky's, good. Yeah, Husqvarna. I mean, Husqvarna and Steel, they're, they're Ford and Chevy. Um, you know, you, you, you can't go wrong with either one of them. Uh, Husqvarna did for a little while make a homeowner line that was they they were selling in uh like Lowe's and stuff that wasn't as good it was like they they were using chinese components i think in it i think uh but i i know that their their quality had went downhill a little bit on those and it kind of gave them a bad reputation but their professional yeah. grade stuff which which is the you know their their other line still does this too it's just that steel doesn't sell still only sells steel products in a uh in, in their their dealers and husky yeah, was selling dealers. stuff and, yeah they, they were selling them in like home depot and lowe's and stuff and you you, right. know, you didn't you you were definitely getting a step down in quality and i think that's where um some people they, they husky kind of had a backlash for a little while but i i haven't seen any difference recently uh, I just bought a, a husky, a small pruning saw, a husky. Uh, it's probably three months ago, and um, you know, good, good saw. Had a bunch yeah. of limbs and stuff that came down, and some some uh, storms that we had, wind storms that we had passing through here past couple months, and um, no issue with it. Good saw, you know. I, I just wanted something. Uh, lighter weight than a 311 because when you're cutting a bunch of limbs and stuff that, that are down and you're you're trying to, to cut those, having a 20-inch bar doing that can actually be kind of dangerous. Um, you have a, a smaller bar you can work with, with small diameter limbs and it, it it's you're not having to cut through a whole lot of material. You're, you're uh, less risk of kickback and um, yeah, I use an 18 inch. Yeah. Mainly because like, man, if I take down a tree, it's only going to like an 18 inch will cut right through it. Anything bigger, I'm just hiring somebody because where I'm at, like That's I can, true. don't get me wrong, I can, I can make a tree come down, but oh, yeah, I have enough stuff around me to where I'm like, mm, if that thing just so happens to go the wrong direction, I'm either killing the farmer's crop, a power line or other trees that I don't want to kill. So I'm going right. to get somebody over here that knows what they're doing and has like a lift and all that. And Right. Right. Cause I got a whole tree line. Really. It's got to come down. I actually want to get somebody out here to at least chop a big one down. Everything else is kind of small fry stuff that I'll just be able to chop up and do it a day. There's a big one. That's got like the double stem. Mm. And then, uh, man, one is actually, it's a felled tree, right? But it didn't die, and one of the branches has become a new tree. Ooh. Like it, it's sticking like thirty feet up in the air, 
and it's in the thicket. Hmm. And I didn't, I started clearing the thicket out and I was like looking back and forth and I'm like, wait a minute. And I followed it and I was like, oh yeah, look at that. There's, there's the tree and there's the roots with a big mound of dirt around it. But this big old branch looks like a damn tree from 20 feet away. I don't know what I'm going to do with that thing. It's pretty unique, man. Yeah, I'll take a picture of it and send it to you. It's pretty wild. I've never seen that happen before. At least in somebody's yard. Maybe in the woods it happens, but in somebody's <laughs> backyard somebody's backyard next to a farm. That's uh that's not a common thing. Then again, man, I wish you'd come up here and see my backyard. The sh- I, I found a whole transmission in a pile of dirt in my backyard. What? I'm not kidding you. It's a whole transmission. You you did have kind of an odd cat that was, that was living there. So I got the whole, I got the whole story, right? It was an old Mason that lived here, right? He did masonry work and he bought it new when the house was built and he passed away in like mid two thousands. And then his son got the house and then his son passed away Mm. and then it sat empty Mm. for like 12 years. Until the guy that I bought it from bought it and he kind of like did some work on the inside, but the bat, like the yard just got left to its own demise. And like one of the neighbors down the block said he came up and mowed the grass because he got tired of looking at it. And there was like, he didn't even know how many damn animals were living in in the yard and probably in the house too. I found like (laughs) some chew marks on one of the, I looked up in the basement, I ripped out some drywall and I was like, oh yeah, there's something chewing on that right there. Look at that. (laughs) the shit i'm finding in this house is just like kind of blowing my mind but at the same time i'm like yeah i halfway expected this to be honest with you i'm like kind of out in the sticks and i know an old hillbilly owned it (laughs) yeah brick masons are kind of interesting animals i don't know i mean i i know you've worked with with many so you you know exactly what i'm saying but Mm -hmm. um for the, the people that have never had the joy of working around construction crews, you you don't understand the 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 greatness and horrifying terror that is a brick mason <laughs> and the crews that they run. I mean, it's like it's like the wildest bunch of bunch of I don't even know, man. It, it's it's like a traveling circus with them i mean you it's it, it really like every construction crew is is kind of like that you know like you, yeah. you, you know you, your your framers are are kind of kind of wiry wild dudes you know like like they're kind of adrenaline junkies you know your roofers are kind of like that too like you know they they, they they're into some they're they're into that life man where they're they're just wide open um, you know, you, you brick masons though, those are the guys who literally have like a dozen kids by six different women and like most of their paychecks going to child support and like the rest of their paycheck, they're drinking up or they're putting up their nose and like they, they're just, they're just wild, man. See, um, and that, that last part you said right there is, I think it's, here's my theory, right? Hear me out. Masons are so used to snorting powder up their nose at work all day 
Yeah. That when they when they get off and go to the bar, <laughs> they're yeah. like, "Hey, man, I man, I store concrete all day, dude. That's not gonna do shit." And that's oh, man, that's they, what it is. Uh, yeah. Because yeah, that's they're a real wild, thing. Man. I and and I love them. I, I love them. I love brick bases, guy. but it's 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 like it's just like hanging out with any biker gang. Just mm-hmm. understand what you're getting. You know, understand what you're getting, understand 100%. what you're hanging out with. And you and, and if you don't get too involved in their world, you'll be fine. You know, just that's, yeah, just that's my toes. experience. <laughs> Definitely just be a toe dipper. Don't cannibal. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Snake in the comments said if you carry block all day, you'd snort stuff too. Yeah, I mean probably. Yeah. You know. I ain't never met a, a out of shape brick mason either. I'm just gonna say that's true. Um, I've seen a lot of fat carpenters. Yeah, yeah, but I've never seen a fat mason. No, that's a good point. No, not one. And and I mean, every one of them I've known has been heavy drinkers. Heavy oh, drinkers. Heavy. Every hour like, of the day is Miller time. Yes. Yes. Damn, I think I should be a Mason. That's crazy. You might need to be. Yeah, fuck that. There's no way I could do that. Absolutely no way I could be a Mason. No way. definitely fit in with that crap. Yeah, probably. As long as you can deal with being cussed at for like the first three years of working. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Talk to like a dog, man. Oh, yeah, because that's Talk where everybody quits. Like They're like, man, hey. this guy's just cussing me out all day. It's like, well, you, know, <laughs> you didn't act like the fucking retard that he's calling you, then you wouldn't be getting called a fucking retard. <laughs> oh, man, and, and they will tell you. I mean, it, there is no filter. There's no, like, nah. that's why, That's why. honestly, before we dive into uh, the, the meat of the show, Oh yeah, we gotta get some work really, tonight. Oh yeah, man, I I I really wish some of these these snowflakes, some of these snowflakes, right? These these Marxists call themselves oh, oh stuff. You're working class. You're working class. Get your ass out there and work with a brick mason crew, a landscaping crew. Get get out there and work with some of these crews, man. And and we'll see. We'll see how offended you, you little snowflake ass is at the end of the day. Because I'm telling you, man, them boys don't give a Dude, fuck. they won't last five uh, fucking minutes. No. No. Shoot. Talking about, ooh, stood up for the working. I was talking about that last night on, on a Privy Council. They kind of got me on that. Joe got me on that tangent. I was uh, I was talking about, talking about Asheville a little bit. I, I was actually... Uh, I, I, it wasn't hadn't been that long ago. I was in Asheville, and I just had to some some pin up rage had to had to flow out of you know. So they say standing up for the working class and it ain't ever worked. How, yeah. how can you be part of the working class when you living off a damn trust fund? I mean, come on, you you ain't ever worked a day in your life, you know. And, and what you call work and what is real work is two different things, man. You know, it's or you could be I, saying, I, 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 "My parents don't recognize who I am, but they let me live in their basement till I was twenty-eight. <laughs> he lives, 
he lives. Look, I'm not. I'm not even gonna lie. It was entirely my own fault. I thought I plugged in the right thing, and I did not. <laughs> so I feel kind of dumb. It's, it's good that you're so now. pretty, because you know. Exactly right. Good to have bayonet skills, gorgeous. Patriot man. <laughs> so, uh, I'd have to get a Brooke, real job if I couldn't shoot people. That's anyway. why Brooke Does America has you on on podcasts so often because. Never mind. (laughs) Makes the show look good. Makes the show look good. Oh, but hey, what I was going to say earlier, uh, Harbor Freight, they have some pretty good, uh, those little uh, Pelican type cases, their own brand. Apache, Apache. Actually. That's, yeah, Yeah. I use those. I use those for everything. I I have my nods and my thermal in Apache cases. Yeah, it's the same product. Yeah. It's the exact yeah. same product, bro. I've got, I have a Pelican rifle case. I'm sitting here looking at it right now. It's it's off to my left in here in in uh, the the office, and I have a Harbor Freight rifle case that is right underneath it. It is the exact same product. It's the exact same product. It's the exact same density of plastic like whatever whatever polymer that is is the exact same like the 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 rib pattern on it is a little bit different i will That's say it. for the harbor freight stuff you're talking about the generators being the same as a honda yeah it's probably the same design but something that i learned from a honda guy is that honda polishes everything so there are no burrs or anything in the cylinders, nowhere are you gonna. You're not oh, yeah. gonna find a burr. So it probably runs just the same. But as far as maintenance, Honda's fitment is a little bit more like precise. Well, yeah. That I've noticed. That's why, like, I mean, you say, like, I got. I've been driving a Honda car since my first car. I've always yeah. had a Honda laying around somewhere. Dude, but uh, the greatest the designs probably of all time. The greatest four wheeler of all time, literally the the Toyota Hilux of ATVs, was the Honda 300 TRX, the four tracks. That was that was the single greatest ATV of all time. And if you can find one for sale, there's there's a lot of them because that was the gold standard around here when I was growing up. I had two of them. We we had two of them. Uh, for farm work, we had had one, and um, ran the dog snot out of that one. And uh, I was doing something dumb one night, showing off uh, for uh, the the girls that were riding with us, and, and ended up wrecking it and bent the frame a little bit. And we ended up buying another one. Cause can't straighten it out. Still drove fine. It's just we we ended up buying another one. Um, but dude. If you can find one of those for sale, they still command a premium. Like they back in the day, back in the nineties, they were three thousand dollars. That was a three thousand dollar ATV. If you're gonna buy it new, they still cost that much. Like if if you find one on on the second hand market now, they still cost that much. Um, they they will literally run forever. Uh, you know, I, I've got a Yamaha seven hundred, and um, love that. And and Yamaha is great. Like it, it, that, that's a great ATV. And I got the, um, uh, the Kodiak, which is the, I mean, y'all have been to class. You, you've seen it. it. It's, it's the, 
cut down uh, Yamaha because I, I don't need all the bells and whistles on it. Um, I, I don't need a speedometer because when I'm going fast, I know I'm going fast. <laughs> I don't need to know how fast I'm going. You know, like, I, don't, I don't need to know. Uh, you know, I, all, all I need is, is a light switch, an ignition switch, and that's it. Uh, and, and a seat and, and go and, and racks to, to put my gear on. Um, you know, it, but in, in Yamaha, they, they say nowadays, like Yamaha is, is the, is, is the new gold standard. We'll see. Um, I just haven't owned it, you know, nearly as long as, as a Honda, but the, the Honda 300s back then were the gold standard. They got away from it. The 420 Rancher came out and that was supposed to be the replacement, uh, for that line. And, you know, they, they weren't quite as good. And, uh, Honda ATVs now are not really, they either, they fall into one or, or, uh, one of, one of two categories. They're either made explicitly for work and, and for that they, they do just fine. Um, or they're built explicitly for sport, but they don't have anything that kind of bridges that gap that at least that I saw. Um, when, when, I, when I was looking at them and, and they were all kind of overpriced Yamaha, hey, you, you know, their, their utility models still have all the get up and go you, you want on them. And, and I mean, I haul ass on mine. Mine will do every bit of 75. My dad's so. an old dirt bike guy and, uh, he raced motocross for a while. And he always said, if you want something, if you want to, if you want to, off-road vehicle that you can just drive forever get a honda if you yeah. want to go insanely fast get a kawasaki if you yep. want somewhere yep. in the middle get a yamaha because they kind of like yeah. have that they're really fast they have a lot of power but they're also dependable made with good parts and parts are available um yeah that's wise man. words that's that's my experience too and, and that's if, held true through the decades because he's what he's he's rearing 70 here pretty soon so i mean yeah i don't think anything's changed in 50 years nah well i mean if if you want something that'll that'll break down in your driveway but it'll look good doing it you get a polaris (laughs) 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 Uh, sorry for all the razor fans out there it's like uh What's the one you got? That one we, we were deep bopping around in. Can Am Maverick. Yeah. That's Can Am Maverick 1000. I like that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Be prepared in the comments section. Be prepared. There is some footage from the last class. Be prepared. Uh, be in the gunner on that thing. So <laughs> uh, it will do 80 over any terrain. Yeah. Can confirm. Yeah. I mean, like a couple of y'all can confirm it too. I think we're gonna have to confirm that again next time I'm I'm down. Yeah, there. it was coming pretty fast when I started running up the hill. Yes, sir. Yes, I remember, sir. Like, last time I rode man. in it, we were boogieing like sixty, and like we hit a jump, and I was like taking a sip of beer and didn't even know we were in the air. We were in the air though. That thing was pretty smooth, man. I remember when, <laughs> like. I remember we, when we back. were on flat pavement and we were going down to pick up more beer. Um, when I when I was when I was at your place, uh, that thing just fucking took off. 
You're just like, hold on. I was like, oh, don't wait. Let me crack my beer first. All right. All right, now go. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> but you know what? You know what beer we weren't drinking? Fucking Bud Light. Fuck Bud Light. Why, why? But I have a question. Just, uh, why do y'all have such an aversion to bottles where you live? We don't. We, we don't. don't. It, it's just it, it cans make it easier to put more beer in the fridge. Y'all yeah. just just forcing me to drink Yingling out of a can, and oh. my sensibilities were offended. Where, where? When you drink Pennsylvania no, I mean, it, water, you need all that. No, I prefer, I prefer oh, bottles. Oh, Yingling, Yingling is better out of bottles. I mean, I'm, you know, you, yeah, yeah, I prefer I told bottles. You this. You, you're not going to get any argument out of me. They, they yeah. are. It's, but you, you can stack so many more beers in a fridge when they're in cans. Yeah. So, you know, if you drink five cans of Yingling, you don't care that you're drinking cans of Yingling. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, this is a good point. This Same is a good point. Rock. But uh, anybody drinking Jack tonight? No. no. Or I'm sorry, Jane. Jack I believe we decided Daniels. last night it's Jane Daniels. Oh, no, Jane Daniels. I'm going to call that. Knock me to my knees. Little David Allen Co. for the fans out there. Um, yeah, so anyway, the, the title of the show, bringing up Jack Daniels, um, that is, uh, of course, from the song of the same name written by the one, the only, probably the most outlaw of the outlaw crowd out there, David Allen Coe. And I'm bringing up David Allen Coe specifically. This is dedicated to a one Mr. Uh, Brian Krasenstein, <laughs> who is on, uh, very active <laughs> on Twitter, tweeted this to him earlier today. Uh, he, of course, was offended that anyone have an opinion uh, contrary to his own out there. And the, the great, uh, wonderful Travis Tritt, who, uh, you know, I grew up listening to, uh, admired, idolized, thought he was, all, he was you know, one of the, the uh, top singers of the 1990s, uh, one of the top acts of the 1990s for sure. And I got to see him live with Charlie Daniels uh, out in El Paso, Texas, uh, out at Sunland Park when they were playing out there. And that, that was awesome. Uh, played one one amazing show, uh, an amazing show. I mean, he he went on after Charlie Daniels, which is – he they shouldn't have done that because Charlie Daniels is impossible to go on after. You, you can't – you cannot follow – Charlie Daniels. You couldn't follow Charlie Daniels. Like it, it was, it was impossible. Um, he he was Charlie. Charlie was one of a kind. But his his band, they played the most incredible music. I have live show I have ever been to. I mean, I've seen Bob Dylan, um, seen a whole lot of jam bands. Um, you know, Avit Brothers, Hank Williams III, Shooter Jennings. Um, they, they, there's just the notable ones off the top of my head. But I, man, I've, I've been to a lot of live music. You know, a lot of bands you probably hadn't heard of. Some that, you know, I'd heard them before they were famous. Um, you know, and, and uh, Travis Tripp, he, he played a great show. But you just can't go on after Charlie Daniels. But but he did, it, you know, it, and it was great. 
was great, but it just that kind of overshadowed the whole thing. But anyway, Brian Christine was was offended because uh, Travis Tritt, who is still touring, um, you know, he, he's well into his mid sixties now, and he's he's still touring, which is incredible. Um, you know, great great musician, a absolute legend, and he said, "I'm not not serving Anheuser Busch products anymore at my shows." And I mean, he has sold Travis Tritt has sold a whole lot of beer in his career. Um, you know, we, we, we all know red solo cup by, uh, uh, Toby Keith, but, but you know, that was a poor imitation of Aduma drinking from a Dixie cup. Okay. Um, that was, that was one of my anthems normally followed by Leonard Skinner. Uh, anything by Leonard Skinner normally followed by Almond brothers band as, as night was winding down in the playlist rotation. But um, anyway, he, he was very offended by this, and he included uh, the fact that he did not know who this person was. Uh, he did not know who, who Travis Tritt was, and I think that you you – I'm not sure if you're an American, if you don't know who Travis Tritt is. I mean, this is just he's, – he's an icon of music, uh, any, of, of any genre. He's, he's an icon of music. Uh, so anyway, I, I tweeted a couple of things. Uh, one of them was um, uh, Johnny Cash flipping off the camera because, you know, why the hell not? Um, and, and, of course, also, like, man, if, if he's going to discover Travis Tritt, I can't wait till he discovers David Allen Coe. Because uh, <laughs> uh, Allen Coe is probably the most outlaw of all the outlaw country guys. Um, he was not what you call politically so, correct. No, 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 not at all. Uh, not at all. But he did. David Allen Coe wrote some of the most well-known and really well-written songs of the 1980s and into the early 90s in country music uh, between him and John Prine. And people don't know that they, they, you know, all they seem to know uh, David Allen Coe for is, you know, he, he's uh, the two albums that, that were pretty dirty. Uh, they, they, they were very foul uh, when, when they were made, not, not politically correct at all. Um, you know, it, according to anyone's politics, uh, it doesn't, doesn't matter whose it is. Uh, doesn't matter right wing, left wing, ain't nobody. He he set out to offend everybody with with his albums, and um, but he he's an incredibly talented songwriter, uh, incredibly talented songwriter, and and great musician too. Uh, well, was he's not so good anymore, but I mean he's you know he's an old man. I think he's in his early eighties now, but um, you know anyway. Anyway, uh, Jack Daniels, if you please, was one of uh, David Allen Coe's better-known hits, uh, mainstream hits from the 1970s, late 1970s from the Outlaw era. And uh, he was actually playing a, if I remember right, he was playing a Telecaster, but one of the guys in his band was playing a 12-string guitar like Roger McGuinn, which is, um, you know, if you know anything about music, especially music from that era, uh, that was a kind of a call out to 
uh, Graham Parsons and and uh, the Flying Burrito Brothers because they brought this whole interesting sound. It, it was it was way different than the Nashville scene and the uh, than the the Music City scene. It, it was the Bakersfield sound that was coming out of California, and you know you had Buck Owens and his Buckaroos and um, just that whole that whole thing, man, it, it was, it, it was really cool. And Graham Parsons, um, kind of, he kind of brought that hippie vibe, you know, he's, he's grossly overlooked today, uh, which I think is sad because it, his music, he, he died very young. He, he battled heroin addiction, you know, all, all the, the typical rock star stuff of, of the era back then self-destructed early, just kind of a sad story, but he was, he was an incredible, an incredible musician. And I think if, if there hadn't been a Graham Parsons, then and, and Emmylou Harris uh, together, because she, she had a big influence on his songwriting and his musicianship and had, had none of that happened. We never would have had uh, the outlaw scene. You know, we, we never would have had a, a, a Willie Nelson. We never would have what Willie Nelson became because he he was writing songs back then that, that were pretty well known uh, for Patsy Cline and and several others, but they they never would have been known. They never you know Waylon Jennings they you know he he would have just been a a, a session guitarist um, for a lot of the the rockabilly acts that were touring in Texas. They they, they discovered their own sound and they got their inspiration. They can, they can draw that back to Graham Parsons and, and uh, David Allen Coe was, was one of them and Roger McGuinn with his 12 string guitar. And uh, that was just, uh, it, he wrote a song about it and uh, it's just a little inside thing. And, and, you know, David Allen Coe and John Prine, wrote a lot of songs together. Uh, you know, the, he, the most famous one is, is the perfect country and Western song. You never even call me by my name. Um, you know, the, the, you know, everybody knows that song out there. You know, normally if you're in a redneck bar and there's karaoke at the end of the night, chances are they're going to be playing that song at least once. And you're going to get some old drunk girl, up there trying to sing it and everybody else is going to chime in. They'll be singing that and they'll be, then they'll want to line dance Copperhead. Well, there'll be another one dancing on a table by then too. I'm just, I'm just putting it out. I'm usually the guy singing, uh, you never call me by my name at the end of the night. Yep. Yep. Cause it's uh, usually about then I'm drunk enough to feel like at the end of the night, stop acting like you wait till the end of the. No, I do. That's like, I'm, (laughs) I'm inebriated enough to be like, you know what? Oh, I know man. I can't carry a tune in a bucket, but I'm going to get up there and sing. Yeah. Uh, no, nah, man. I, you know, I'll try. I'll give it my best shot. I'll, I'll sing. Um, I, I've got to be, I got to be a little lit to do it, to really get up there. Peter karaoke night one night. We might have to, might have to. When we, I'm, I'm working on the fall <laughs> schedule uh, as we speak. Much of the fall schedule is going to be posted up next week. And, um, I'm getting a, a couple of little things ironed out, but they're they're 100 will be an alumni weekend, and it 100 will be happening uh, sometime at the end of the year. Hey, so, it's a good time since we're talking there. about the schedule to point out that there is a high likelihood of an appearance by none other than Colonel Scott McCullough at an RTO. Oh, course he's gonna be mad up. at you. He's going to be mad at you. I'm committing him to it, man. (laughs) 
No, he's gonna be mad at you for pointing pointing that out. Yeah. You oh, well. know what? You know what? He's he's trying to keep things under wraps. He, oh he yeah, yeah, little, that part. Yeah, that part. Somebody else about that. It's like no, don't do that. Well, I, I just said because he's from Kentucky. Isn't everyone in Kentucky one of those? <laughs> I mean, if a dude selling fried chicken is, this guy could be too. <laughs> <laughs> mm. yeah, that is a good point. Kentucky, I, 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 you I, just I, put a bow on and a seersucker suit, and they call you the colonel. Yeah. <laughs> but he is, yeah, that he cat is wasn't actual. supposed to come out of the bag, but oh well. <clears throat> oh well. It's out you can edit that part out. No. no. Then again, no. thirty-four people are in here right now, so I'm gonna. I, I am. I am gonna. Uh, I know how the game upon works. him when he when he makes his way here. I'm gonna bequeath upon him a, a slouch hat. Oh, Got to yeah. do it. Got to do it. Got to do it. Just like just like all oh, the Duke of Malta last night, popping out with his slouch oh, hat. Oh my on. god, dude! Absolute <laughs> legend. Well done, Rick Duke of Malta. Oh man, my man was in full Confederate that. regalia with the flag flying. <laughs> go back, go back and listen to Privy Council. I posted the episode up on on American Partisan. If you hadn't ca- hadn't caught it, you need to catch that. And uh, Rick, the Duke of Malta, this man is an absolute legend. He pops up in there with his slouch hat on. You know, Confederate battle flag behind him, got the stars and bars, and and man, he is he's ready to 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 hand it down. Sit, drinking is his southern comfort, and I think the the best thing that he did was, and he goes, and that brings me to my next point. Picks the southern comfort up and like takes a giant swig out of it and puts it back down. I was like, oh, here it comes, here it comes, and he just. And he kept going too. When we went off air, he was still. I was just like, "Okay, I gotta go to bed." <laughs> yeah, he would have stayed up all night talking to us. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. You know, it wasn't just that he had on a slouch hat. It was Confederate gray with a yellow band. I mean, my man yeah. was rocking it all. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh, and he, you know, no half measures, man. No half uh, measures. You know, just, just, just do it to it. So. Getting down to the the putting the metal in the meat, um, talking about Tennessee. Since we we've talked about Nashville, uh, you know, and, and we've kind of broached the topic twice now. Um, and and going back to the the very beginning of the show and, and getting some stuff off my chest, um, you know the uh, the 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 whole thing with with Budweiser. Right, with Anheuser Busch, because it's not just Bud Light, you know. It's 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 all Anheuser Busch. First of all, I don't buy the story at all, at all that the the executives of Anheuser Busch are somehow angry and didn't know bullshit. You knew, you knew. There is nothing, nothing, not a single thing when you are accountable to your shareholders that gets approved in the advertising market that could even remotely cost you money. I mean, if anybody believes any of that, 
I got beachfront property to sell you in the middle of Nevada. <laughs> That's they knew they they were given briefings on it. They had meetings to have meetings. They knew. All right. So and I want I want to point something out. I want to point something out. So Jack Daniels, right? Show title, Jack Daniels, Jack Daniels tonight. Um, you know, Jack Daniels. I had people messaging me like, I think that's Photoshop. That can't be real. No, it is. Uh, it is. And they, in case you didn't know, Jack Daniels, which is the as I don't I don't like Jack Daniels whiskey. Okay. I haven't drank Jack Daniels since oh Lord. I I don't think I've had a Jack Daniels product since my mid twenties, probably. I I may have I may have unknowingly like had it in a, a cocktail or something that I've got at a restaurant. But I it wasn't like I ordered, I was like, oh, I won't have Jack Daniels. Like, no. Um, no, but it is the most recognizable American whiskey brand besides Jim Beam. Jim Beam, Jack Daniels, kind of Ford and Chevy. But if you go to any corner of the world and you mention Jack Daniels, somebody is going to know that's American whiskey. Okay, it's Tennessee whiskey specifically. But they're going to know that's that's an American product. Uh, Jim Beam, I'd say a little bit less so, right? Anheuser-Busch, the same way. All right, the same way. It is... I, I am not really a fan of most Anheuser-Busch products. Um, don't really care about most of what they put out. Uh, until this morning, I did not know that they put out Negra Modelo, which I do really like. I, I, that's that's a great beer. Um, I did not know that they, they owned that, that they made that. I thought uh, Modelo Especial... Uh, which is apparently its own brand, but I thought that that they that they were one brand, and that uh, Negro Modelo was the toasted malts and and kind of the the amber Bach version of of Modelo Especial. So I didn't I didn't know that. Uh, but point is about all this is that these are two distinctly American brands, right? They're they're distinctly American. There's American as apple pie. That is, they, they are big parts of American culture, okay? Whether you drink it, whether you, you know, love it, whether you hate it, think it's, it's you know, cursed piss water, it doesn't matter, okay? These, these are American brands. And this, this advertising campaign, which happens simultaneously, and it, they, they're not isolated. There's, there's other brands that have done this too. Uh, Nike is another one, which is, you know, a uniquely American athletic brand, uh, uniquely American did it too. uh, ironically with, with the same guy from, and yes, he, he's a guy. Okay. He's, he's a guy, uh, from the, the, uh, Budweiser or Bud Light advertisement. So this is a outward projection to the world that this is what America stands for. This, this is what we are, right? This is yeah. This is what we're doing, and this is for for everybody who's trying to make sense of it out there and say, well, you know, how how in the world could this be? Um, you know, th- this they they must be tone deaf to their own audience. 
Um, nobody's going for this. I agree with you. I agree with you. I think that, you know, in a month's time, there's going to be good old boys that are going to be drinking Bud Light again. I mean, you know, it, it just is. I wish it were not so, but, it, it, you know, that's, it's, it's just going to be what it is. Uh, Mech Medic is still going to be drinking natural light. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I had to throw him under the bus. He ain't, he ain't even here. So y'all can, y'all can tell him I told, I, I, I said that. Uh, but he's, he's still going to be drinking it. Um, but Jack Daniels, I, I, people, people that drink Jack Daniels, Jack Daniels is going to suffer, I think, a lot worse from this. Let me, let me tell you why. Um, Tennessee, the, the Nashville shooting. So it was a terrorist attack. It targeted Christians. There was another one that did not get off the ground in Colorado. Very similar. Looks like a copycat. Uh, type deal, which you always run into this, right? But there's no doubt that Audrey Hale, this you know, messed up girl, she's 28 years old. You know, she's not a teenager. She's not a child. She's an adult, messed up woman. Um, she targeted that school. She targeted them because they were Christians. They're not releasing this manifesto because they know. They already know. I knew when the FBI got a hold of it that – they, they, this, this was never going to see the light of day and they're going to do everything they can to memory hole this thing. And their allies in the media, the leftists in the media are now making it out. They, they were doing this almost instantaneously that, that these transgender people are now the victims. They're the perpetrators. If you replace the transgenders here with white guys running around in tiki torches, You'd have everybody up in arms. You'd have the left up in arms and want to shut them all down. You know, oh, this is terrible. If it was a black nationalist group, you would have all the, the conservative usual suspect pundits. You know, the Sean Hannity's, oh, this is terrible. You know, we need, you know, like, like NFAC, for example. But because this is the, these are the transgenders, now all of a sudden there's some sort of protected class. They're the victims. They become the victims, right? This this is this is absolute insanity. This is absolute insanity. Yeah, I want to point and out it, a couple of things that 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 go along with that, if you don't mind. Um, first is that earlier today, KGP, uh, whatever her name is, said that um, all these states passing passing all of these uh, no gender mutilation laws are are targeting. Uh, gender non-specific people and that these people are going to fight back and they're fierce. Hey, that's scary. That's kind of justifying what Audrey Hale it did. Is right? and, it is and, and I'm pulling up right now this tweet by AOC that I just shared with everybody a minute ago. Yeah, I read that when you tweeted it. That was the exact same thing. Right here. Republicans may think they won today in Tennessee, but their fascism is only further radicalizing and awakening an earthquake of young people, both in the South and across the nation. If you thought youth organizing was strong, just wait for what's coming. Gen Z, don't play. That is literally a call to violence from AOC. Yep. Yeah, it is. It is. She needs to be expelled from the U.S. House of Representatives. I mean, it's not what I find happen. is funny is they're all mad that these other other two dudes got expelled from their state house, yeah. but but they literally pulled off an insurrection, did they not? They did. Yep. 
So I want to point something out. So the the, the media, <clears throat> New York Times, the the news of record, right? Which I think is is about to get shit canned by Elon Musk. I, he's um, I got a lot to say about about the NPR label that. Um, well, but I'll wait for another time to do that. But let me explain what they did. They didn't go in there, protest, quote unquote, gun violence. That's not what they did. That's not what they did. Anybody that was paying attention to it, I was in the middle of teaching a class in South Carolina, in the middle of doggone nowhere in South Carolina, in the upstate of South Carolina, you know, in the mountains. It's beautiful. Beautiful, picturesque, out there, wasn't a building in sight. You know, had some radio towers in sight. No hard structures, it was awesome. We're out in the wilderness. Did the whole class underneath a, a 40-foot shooting platform. It was awesome. Had an 1,100-meter range out there. Gorgeous. Uh, loved every second of it, too. Lo- loved everybody I was around. Because there's nothing like being in the woods being in a class with a bunch of switched on guys who know what they're about and they're, they're learning good skills. You're breaking bread with them. You're sharing those experiences. It's, it's, it's wonderful. That's absolutely wonderful. It's the best experience that you can have uh, besides your, your, your children being born being there, you know, because you, you know what you're there, what you're there doing. And, um, but even we knew, we're in the middle of class, and even we knew because we we were keeping up with it. Like, oh man, you know, they, they just stormed the Capitol building here, and it was all coming out of their trans day of rage. That's what it was. They had posters, they had a social media campaign. Their their day of rage, yep. right? The trans day of rage. Right after, right after, they targeted. At Christian school, they killed children. They killed children. They, they, their ideology, they had one, okay, one person was the trigger puller. There have been others. There have been others. There have 100% been others, and there will be more. That's the sober truth behind this. There will be more. They have told you what they are planning on doing. And so I'm telling you, as a Christian, speaking to fellow Christians, speaking to Muslims, speaking to Jews, speaking to Hindus, speaking to Buddhists, speaking to Sikhs, speaking to anyone who has faith out there and stands up for morality. Because they, a, the, every faith out there that is a true faith, not, not satanic, but every, every faith that is based in good right now is standing up and is pointing this out. This is evil. There's a darkness that has fallen. And we're all being targeted in this. We're all being targeted. Every well, single let me Let me say this, too. If you've got free time this weekend, gents and ladies, go sit outside your church uh, during the week. Sit outside your local Christian schools. Because guess what? The, the, the people who are supposed to do it aren't going to. Right. right. 
we're going to have to. But I also wanted to point one thing out, one caution on this case out of Colorado. Everyone's yeah. cheering on the police. But if you actually read what happened, they trampled all over this individual's rights. I get it. We stopped a shooting, but they should have committed the person for mental health evaluation rather than going in there. There's no guns found. There's yeah. there's some names written on a sheet of paper. They said, hey, they, they knew it was drunk. She was drunk. He was drunk, whatever and asked him questions. First of all, that's illegal. There doesn't appear to have been parents present. And he said, yeah, I thought, I'm thinking about shooting up a school. So they charge him with first attempted yeah. first degree murder. There was no attempt. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Joe, 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 I have your tweet that you that you tweeted out. I had that, yeah. I was gonna bring it up tonight about the three things you brought up that were specifically mentioned. Yeah, that's important. Right. So in yeah. in their in their in their stories they're putting out, they're mentioning these three specific things that they want to control that they're trying to paint as evil. One, he had 3D printing files of how to print guns. Mind you, he didn't print any guns, didn't even own a 3D printer. But they're they're painting having those files as somehow criminal. Two, yeah. um, he had, had written down bad words about news commentators. That's what we all do on Twitter, by the way. They're painting yeah. that as something illegal. Uh, and the third one, what was the third one? I, I'm, I'm uh, going to mention right YouTube now. videos. Yeah, watching YouTube videos of violent content. That's literally what we put out. I mean, you know, we, we put yeah. out a training video, whatever. He's yeah. watching that. They're trying to paint all these things as evil to take them away from you and to paint you as an extremist if you're watching them. I yeah. also want to point out when you read it, they said they didn't find any guns, but they found a fluid frequently used for cleaning weapons. That could be WD forty. That could be yeah, vegetable. Anything. <laughs> I mean, that be, water. Man, that, that could be frequently that could used be rendered animal fat. Exactly. Do. It could be like fluid frequently used for cleaning weapons. I mean, so, dude, I've got like a gallon of hops number nine. Does that make me a fucking terrorist? Potentially, right? So, so my point yeah, is I mean, this: Hey, great job to the police, but let's not celebrate it as a great win because yeah. they just trampled some rights over there. Yeah. yeah so, 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 so Colorado. Yeah, no, this, this is the Colorado one. This is this. Yeah. So this is what the police said. The home had, quote, trash piled up all around the house to where it made it hard to walk inside and that there were, quote, numerous containers filled with half eaten food with mold growing inside and numerous alcoholic beverage containers laying around the house. The suspect allegedly punched holes in the wall inside the house and ripped a door off the hinge. And the other thing that they collected, which we'll never see, Suspect's Manifesto, the Communist Manifesto by Marx and Engels, and a notebook with suicidal ideations. And at the very end of the Daily Wire article, just like Joe said, the suspect allegedly researched how to 3D print firearms, researched, didn't do it, researched, made detailed lists of numerous people to target, gathered information about how to make bombs, and made commentary about notorious mass shooters, serial killers, and politicians. Commentary, not threats, commentary. Well, and the commentary, the com this is what I've been telling people for, you know, as long as I've been doing this stuff regarding social media. Be very careful. Be very, very careful. You know, hey, it, it doesn't matter what platform you're on. Uh, they, they are all, they're all falling under the uh, electronic eyes agreement all of them do uh, so it doesn't matter what the the platform owner quote unquote says um, you know and, and with musk I, I think musk is is uh, fairly entertaining 
at this point to, to watch, you know, I, I don't have any um, expectations that he's, he's gonna, you know, be, I, I don't put faith in any man uh, that he's going to solve the world's problems because man is not capable of doing so. But uh, you know, he, he's, Hey, I, I find him entertaining, but it doesn't matter what they say. You're still, when, when you send something over electronic means uh, on the internet, if it, and on social media specifically, I, I got to be very specific when I'm pointing this out uh, on social media, you know, it, it's subject to monitoring, you know, it, it's, it's recorded. Yeah. Somebody has that stuff. Uh, the NSA, correct me if I'm wrong, Madman Actual, you kind of know a little bit about such things. You know, one, one point so, in life. I'll, I'll qualify this, right? So every single thing that you anyone does on the internet is recorded, right? It doesn't matter if you're using Tor or VPN. Though, I will say, Tor and VPN um, helps remain helps you remain anonymous. It's still recorded. Like what was done on that domain, right? When you go to a website, that server that hosts that website has an IP address, and that is recorded, right? And it's you you can gather that information. You can gather the met, the metadata. But that's the thing. When you use Tor and VPNs, the metadata gets skewed, and it, it's it is pretty difficult to trace. Um, but it is recorded, and especially social media, it's linked to a plat. Uh, yeah, that data is linked to a platform that's linked to an account that's linked to an IP address uh, or an email address that's linked to an IP address. Right. So when you're using social media, just keep in mind. Like, make sure you're using um, Tor or Onion or whatever. VPNs, doesn't matter uh, particularly. Yeah. Just make sure you're not, not like, straight just, like, going on to Internet Exploder and right. getting on Twitter and posting up some crazy nonsense. Right. If you're just viewing, that's fine. Like, if you're just, if you never post anything and you just follow people, you're never going to come up on the radar in the first place. Um, but if, if you're posting stuff and you're following and you have like an active account, you just got to yeah. make sure you, you, you uh, yeah, mask your IP address as heater said. Yeah. yeah I would definitely agree with that. Um, the other thing too is um, a lot of times on social media, um, if you're gonna write something, don't hit send right away. Just just read it like three times. Come back five minutes later, read it again. Uh, that'll get you out of a lot of trouble. Yeah, I whole laugh everything. But, um, <laughs> where where I was going with all that though is, you know, we we it, it's I want I want to get back to Tennessee. Yeah. And Jack Daniels specifically. Uh, so the, the Brown Foreman Distillery, Brown Foreman Corporation that, that owns Jack Daniels. Um, I, I, you know, before we went on air last night on the Privy Council, I kind of shared my opinion, my, my little predictive analysis, what I think is going to happen with this. 
And um, I think that Jack Daniels, the the corporation, is people are not understanding exactly how angry people in Tennessee are. Really, I would say people across the nation right now are. Um, you know, AOC's little little uh, harebrained threat. And what was that? What, what was that? Wizzo Demon or whatever it was? Was her, her burner account that got exposed because she's too fucking stupid to even keep the story straight? Uh, it, was, it was something WZ Demon or whatever. She was threatening um, a couple of people online, but uh, it, and that got exposed. It, it anyway, there was I shared some of that earlier in the week. There, there's been a lot going on this week, so I, I don't remember it exactly offhand. But um, point is though is that people on the left are really underestimating exactly how angry America is at them right now and how fed up they are. And uh, you know th- this Wisconsin thing. There's been a lot of people in the punditry that that I've noticed to say like. Oh, well, see, these are losing issues. Bullshit. All right. Bullshit. They, in Wisconsin, they were paying people to vote. They were paying people to vote on the left. That's been documented. 100%. Okay. And and here's the thing. Nobody's going to enforce that. Nobody's going to enforce the law. What good is the law even? They're not going to enforce it. So, you know, we have, like I've said over and over again, we've got a dual system of justice. It's it's staring you right in the face. We have political prisoners. All the things that you know, the, the old timers would have said, "Oh, that'll never happen." It all happened. All right, it all happened. We have political prisoners. We have a political class that's unaccountable. We have um, uh, politicians that just straight up don't give a shit what anybody has to say. We have a secret police in the United States. The, the, these things are blatant. They're in your face. Okay, they're in your face. You're not living in a free country anymore. I hate to break it to people, but it is what it is. You know, you, you gotta you you have to take a sober look in the mirror. All right, but people people really on the left really underestimate how angry Americans Americans because if you're on the left, you're not an American. I don't care. Yeah, real uh, Americans. Real real Americans. I I'm not, and I'm not talking about. You know, the, the traditional left that was stood up for the working man because, you know, hey, I'm I am a big fan of of organized labor. OK, real organized labor, not not, you know, the hierarchy of the unions, but the guys that, that are down there on the picket line. I mean, man, I, I grew up in that. I grew up in that. They kept food on our table. They, they kept our farm. You know, they, they kept us that that kept us up. They kept clothes on my back as a kid. So yeah. yeah. You know, and, and that was the one thing in the nineties that fought against NAFTA and tried to keep it from happening. And Bill Clinton sold them down the river, you know? So no, I, I know a whole lot about that. And, um, you know, they, I, I, I am a populist more than anything else. I am, I am a true populist more than anything else. I mean, people, you, you can call me whatever you want. Conservative. I, you know, I, I I'm kind of in the libertarian spectrum of things. I'm, you know, but, I'm a populist first and foremost because it's it's the American people that, that come first always. And and our political class has left us behind both on, on the conservative and the liberal end. And they, they're outright threatening us now. That's the thing. They're outright threatening us. AOC made a threat. All right. She made a threat. But these 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 politicians in Tennessee, they did it too. 
right, they did it too. And, and uh, you know, one of them was expelled as a shoulds as trans day of rage. Two of them were. They went in there. They were going to see. Yep, they they were going to see exactly what they could get away with. Of course, Nikki Fried down in Florida uh, got locked up too. You know, she's she's overdue for expulsion back to California or whatever shithole she came from. She she needs to go back most haste. Um, but anyhow, where I'm going with all this is Jack Daniels as a Tennessee icon, as a very old and established, probably one of the, the it's the most recognizable brand in Tennessee when you're talking about brands and trademarks outside of, of music row and, you know, Memphis and Elvis, right. And, and the Memphis blues scene, but Jack Daniels, I would say that Jack Daniels, Tennessee is going to do something about this. You know, the Anheuser-Busch thing, I think is going to, going to blow over and probably I give that a month. And people will forget about that. But the Jack Daniels thing, that hurt is is too deep in Tennessee. And people are really underestimating. Um, right now, I think people that are outside of that culture are really underestimating just how angry they are. Jack Daniels, uh, Jack Daniels may, may end up having to move out of Tennessee. Um, something's going to happen. Something is there. There is from this, this if, in case you hadn't seen it, I'll point it out again. They had a um, right right on the heels of, of the whole controversy with Anheuser Busch and, and Bud Light and all that, and uh, you know this little uh, transgender whatever uh, pretend woman, uh, what whatever that I had. Well, I don't even know what it was because I didn't even see it. I just I, I saw the 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 still image of it, and then uh, that creature's face on, on a can. And that was it. Um, you know, and, and it, I, I don't care to see the rest of that, uh, whatever it is, because I don't, uh, that's not, uh, you know, but anyway, um, it, it, it's, it's, I, I don't subject myself to filth, um, which is what that is. You know, to, to take a line from our, our wonderful Lieutenant Governor here in North Carolina, Mark Robinson, that's filth. And, um, you know, we, we don't need it. But Jack Daniels, um, they did the same thing. And, and, uh, you know, the country music awards, the CMAs also did this. And to me, you know, one shot across the bowels of coincidence, two is enemy action three. And that's, that's three right there. This was, this was coordinated. And, and I'm going to say, man, right, right on the heels this transgender terrorist targeting a Christian school, martyring Christians. I'm sorry. Um, it is what it is. Yeah. And I think that, that Jack Daniels right now, if people working for Jack Daniels really need to, you know, you, you might want to question your place of employment. Yeah. I, I, hundred percent agree with you. Um, you know, it's interesting with the expulsions, um, and I, I think Tennessee fucked up a little bit here, right? There were three Democrats that were up for expulsion. Um, two of them were expelled. Um, Representative Justin Jones uh, was 72-25 vote. You need two-thirds majority. 
Um, Pearson was 69-26. Now, um, the, uh, Justin Pearson is the guy who, in his speech, compared himself to Black Jesus and said that this coming Sunday he will be resurrected. Uh, so there's that. Um, the An Indian immigrant named Tennessee Representative Sabi Kumar was saying to Justin Jones, the only time he's ever faced racial slur in America is when this expelled lawmaker called him a brown face. Mm. And so both of those are justified, but here's where Tennessee fucked up. The third person up for vote was Representative Gloria Johnson. Yeah. These first two individuals were black. Representative Gloria Johnson, of course, was white. Yeah, they really she they, failed they kept the carrot and got rid of those two. That was a bad move. The carrot that, that was that now it looks racial. She wouldn't answer the question. Well, she gave like the stereotypical non-answer. They but they, they all did the same thing. They they fucked up. Now it looks racial. Yeah. She didn't need to give an answer. It's the thing you don't you don't need to give it. I I don't I don't need to question your motive behind what you did. I know you did it. That's the the only time, and in, in, in a criminal case, the only time that you need to establish motive is when you're trying to differentiate between manslaughter or murder. You know, you, you have to right. establish that a forethought, right? That's that's, that's it. And that, you know, yeah. It's, it's, uh, I, I don't need to know your motive. You you did it. It, yep. it doesn't matter what you did. I know you did it. Um. You know, they, they, so they, they waffled on her. They should have, she should have been. Well, apparently there were audible shots when she wasn't voted out. I I saw this, this cow, um, you know, she, she just, just, I I mean, good Lord, you know, I, I, uh, um, just, they, they, this is a person that, that does not belong uh, being a leader of anything. They, they should have got rid of her first, period. It's a disgusting person. It's just rotten, rotten to the core, rotten from the outside, rotten on the inside, uh, you know, and, and cheerleading, cheerleading. Because, I mean, let me make Literally something very clear here. If, if they are doing this in public, if they are doing this in public, making these vile statements and doing the things they're doing in public, you better believe what they're what they are saying behind closed doors is genocide. They are discussing genocide behind closed doors. You better believe it. If this is what is permeating to the outside world, you better believe what they are what they are talking about behind closed doors 100 percent. so this is this is where i i try to wake up my buddies a little bit um you know i think i've said on the show before i've got a gang of buddies that i've known since preschool kindergarten so you're talking like me and these guys have grown up together we've known each other since four or five years old and some of them are still in that stage where they're like they know everything's jacked up and you know whatever and I'm like, look, man, uh, you know, here, here's your reading list. Just do me a favor. Instead of watching whatever you're going to watch or zone out in your phone, just go ahead and like listen to the audiobook or 
or do something, read it. I don't care what you do, just get the information. And uh, a couple of them have come around a little bit and man, like you said earlier, it's intentional because this is part of the demoralization campaign. You can't tell me that the two most purchased alcoholic beverages in every stadium, concert venue, bar, everywhere is Bud Light and Jack Daniels, right? And now you have them coming out the same month that the shooting happened. And that's a coincidence? Like, that, that's, that's not a coincidence. That is purposeful. That is propaganda. That is part of the demoralization campaign. Yep. That Yuri Bezmanov's I was about to say it. 30, 40 years yeah. ago. Yep. I mean, it was, uh, that was 40 years ago when he came out and said that. Almost 40 years. I'm rounding. Um, and I, I was talking to my dad about it. And, you know, my dad, he, he was, uh, you know, he was, he was a Charlie Daniels fan back in the seventies, eighties. And, uh, he was not a disco guy. And I asked him, I was like, you know, dad, like, what, what do you think about what's going on right now? And he's like, man, it's kind of always been like this, but I feel like now it's like more in your face and. I'm sure that has to do a lot with the internet and and cable television because, you know, when I was growing up, you had three channels. And other than that, that was it. We didn't have the internet. We didn't have cell phones. Um, But he was like, it it definitely is more in your face. And I told him, or I asked him, I was like, well, you know, like, do you see any parallels between now and like the 60s revolution? And because he, he's come out and said he's like, oh yeah, this is like the '60s all over again. There was there were commies everywhere. Like you know, we like the neighborhood I grew up in. Man, if you were not a blue collar dude with a family and you didn't go to church on Sunday, you got your ass kicked, and that was it. Like there was no there was no outsiders coming in that neighborhood, and now that same neighborhood is taken over by yeah, all the trannies, all of the straight up communists that are just blatantly walking around with their red and black, everything. Um, yeah. You've just got total degenerates walking around. And he was like, man, that, that shit would have never flew. You know, when I was growing up, like, and he was a teenager early, even in his, into his twenties. Like you did not walk around that neighborhood. And if you weren't a red blooded American that joined the military or, you know, my, my family's big fire department and Navy, right? So we're all firefighters. We're all some kind of military. And that was like all of the families. Yeah. And now you see this huge change and yeah, everybody grew up, man, like drinking, Drinking whatever light beer, and that, you know, long story short, that brings me back to the Bud Light thing, is my dad also brought up, he's like, yeah, you know, like, a couple years ago, yeah, Bud Light, man, you go to, like, for me, I my local stadiums are, are still in Baltimore, and uh, somewhat in Philadelphia, and, man, you go into any sporting stadium, and the number one sold beer is Bud Light. Yeah. Every time it's Bud Light. You go into a liquor store or a beer store, 
Yep. Guess what they have more of? Budweiser. Yep. They have more Anheuser-Busch than anything. Yeah. And, you know, like, I'm not a beer snob, but, you know, if I go to a party and somebody's like, yeah, we got this and this, I'm like, all right, well, I guess that's what I'm drinking. I'm not going to complain about it. You know, if, if it's ice cold, I don't really taste the difference anyway. Um, got to get that Natty Bows, man. You're up there. Yeah, that oh, Baltimore. Down there natty in Baltimore, Bose. get that Natty Bows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's missing one eye because, what was it, Pittsburgh stole it? Is, is that yeah. what it is? That yeah, what Pitt, old Shitsburg. <laughs> that's like stole the, our whole football team, man. That's the, that's the that's the Baltimore uh, lore <clears throat> up there. Is that Nat, National Bohemian? In case y'all didn't know about about the Mid Atlantic uh, National Bohemian, they got National Bohemian here. You can find it here in North Carolina, in a couple of little pockets. So I know about it's it. It's not brewed here anymore, uh, though. No, nah. no, nah, because uh, Paps bought them. Mm-hmm. Paps bought them, so it's it's a it. So Paps. We, and and uh, Joe, you know about this quite a bit because we had that conversation about Strohs. Um, but but Paps went around America basically buying up the local breweries because back, you know, back back in our, our parents' generation, you know, like Smokey and the Bandit went to like they the whole plot line was is that they drove to Texarkana, Texas, to get Coors because you couldn't get Coors across the Mississippi because there they was, they, they didn't, uh, there was some legal agreement that Coors had um, that they, they couldn't take Coors beer across or, or into the, the Southeast. Um, so they, you know, they, they Burt Reynolds and, and uh, the whole crew uh, went, went to go get it. But uh, they they went from Atlanta, Georgia to to Texarkana, Texas to uh, go on a big East beer round down. Yep, yep, and and you know greatness ensued. But anyway, Paps Paps bought up all of the breweries, like the local level breweries, like uh, Pearl in Texas. You know, San Antonio uh, Pearl was was the beer. Um, you know, you had Pearl, you had Lone Star. And Shiner were, were the big beers in Texas, and Lone Star uh, is is still around, but Paps owns them too. And then Shiner is independent, um, you know, and put out amazing beer. It, you know, it, everybody knows about Shiner. Shiner's just, um, all their products are, are great. But um, they bought up National Bohemian. They bought up. They ended up buying Stroh's, Heilman's, uh, Schlitz, uh, Rainier beer. Um, all of them. They ended up buying all, like all, all the independent breweries. They, uh, uh, Paps bought most of them up, and uh, would contract out with uh, usually with Miller to brew their their local beers. That's how Paps is is brewed. That's why PBR for a long time in this area where where I am, PBR really wasn't that good. And that's why I'd go to other places and have PBR. And I was like, holy shit, this is good beer. Like, I, you know, I, I'd go up to, uh, like, when I went up to Michigan not that long ago, when I was, I was up there, Joe, for your class and, and having PBR, it was, it was like, man, this is this is actually really good beer. We went old school, uh, had man. PBR and, yeah, had had PBR in Wisconsin. That That's the original PBR. It, it's good beer, man. 
Um, I'll tell you, at it, my cabin up north, we have a refrigerator that's painted like a PBR can. It's been that yes. way since the 50s. <laughs> Love it, man. Love it. But, but um, ah, yeah. Wait a minute. Somebody in the comments, Richardson Judah, Shiner is 4 9 now. Oh, man. I just glanced at the comments. I, I did not know that. I thought that they were they were still owned by the Spotsil. I thought the Spotsil Brewery was owned. I'm gonna have to look into that. Uh, I mean, I know all Shiner is brewed in Shiner. I know that, um, but I did not know that they were foreign owned. Now that uh, that's not good. But um, anyway, long story short, we're talking about beer. But Anheuser Busch. They're they're gonna weather this storm. They they might be unhappy a little bit. I think they you know they put that message out for um, the stupid to say you know oh man you know they they just didn't know they're sorry the bullshit they knew um, but probably you know I, I give it a month a month from now um, people will be drinking they they'll forget about it that's you know it's it's just the way that it goes. Uh, but Jack Daniels, I just don't see it, man. Yeah, I, I, it's because you, you got to know that the people of Tennessee, they took a lot of pride in Jack Daniels. Um, even if, and I met, you know, I, I've met, I've had a lot of people from Tennessee in class. I'm going to have a couple of classes coming up in Tennessee in the fall. And, um, they take a lot of pride in Jack Daniels, even if they don't drink it. They take a lot of pride in that. That that's that that is their like that. That's a thing in Tennessee, and you know, a really big deal. And um, I tell you, if if I worked for Jack Daniels right now, after that, knowing that right on the heels of this, and how much anger and outrage there is, rightful anger and outrage. And, and this was their ad campaign. I'd quit. I would have. I would have quit yesterday. Um, I, I I would take my ball and go home. And uh, you know, I'm sure George Nickel can can find a place for you, uh, which which is another Tennessee brand. I'm sure that you know you you can find a job in whiskey. Um, if if you're a distiller, you're working at the plant, you can find a, another job quick. I would leave. Um, it, because man, I'm telling you, people are angry. People are really, I, I am hearing it. Um, people are really, really angry about Jack Daniels. Um, and and I, that, that's just my prediction. I think that that it's, that's not going to go away for them. And, and they have, I don't, I don't think it's the fatal wound to them, but they're, they're going to experience a major decline. Um, a, a very major decline. You know, and, and I want to say this too. This, this hit me while I was uh, mowing grass earlier today. Um, you can love him or hate him, but you would never see any transgender advertisements on a Conor McGregor uh, whiskey ad. No, nope. you ain't never gonna see that. No, sir. No, sir. Um, mm-mm. no, no. So. Uh, last portion of the show, 10 minutes left, uh, talking about China a little bit, getting into China because, you know, th- this is something that uh, definitely needs quite a bit more airtime to cover, but we've been talking about 
uh, all of this and, and how this is unfolding. And, you know, long story short, all the usual things, everything that you think that, that I'm about to say, I'm going to say when it comes to getting yourself prepared, you know, you, you gotta, you, you have to get out there and do it. Um, you know, Easter Sunday coming up there. They're if you haven't been going to church, they're in a better time to get involved in the church than on Easter Sunday. Um, Jesus rose. I don't care what denomination it is. You can rise up. Right. You know, and, and talking about China. So, you know, 10 minutes left on the clock. This, this, uh, just as Joe, you predicted, you've been saying this now for a year, you know, a, 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 at least a year. I mean, I've known you for, for longer than a year, so you've been saying it for longer than a year that, that this was exactly the, the actions that China was going to take. Um, you know, and, and I'll take it a step further. I don't think that there will be a mainland invasion of Taiwan. I think that the KMT is going to negotiate some sort of arrangement where they avoid war. They avoid destruction of Taipei but they become a client state of China. And, and that's, that's what I see happening. Well, I, I see that happening, but I, I do see an escalation of this blockade. So if you look at what they put out, yeah. they're running a temporary op with just their maritime security agency, which is really, it's not their same as their Coast Guard. They also have a Coast Guard. Uh, they have the largest Coast Guard in the world, by the way. Uh, maritime safety agency is kind of like their own little, little secret police they use on the water. So um, what I see them doing is fomenting some sort of an incident with the Taiwan Coast Guard that leads to a larger, um, a larger blockade. But again, just like you said, the goal is not invasion, although we do have good weather all the way through the end of May. So let's remember that uh, there is uh, straight crossing weather through the end of May, began a couple days ago. Um, but <clears throat> I see a bigger blockade to bring Taiwan to its knees. You might even see, if, if the election doesn't go the way they want, you might even see the KMT push a coup or a color revolution um, to get this reunification done peacefully. Entirely possible. It's, well, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's funny you said that because, you know, I, I've been posting articles all day as they come in about the, the, the Chinese um, blockade. And it's interesting how the stories have progressed right it started off with um one of the first ones was i'm just going in order i'm literally looking at our at our homepage, just looking at articles that are somewhat related to this chinese canadians targeted by chinese communist party whatever cool now the chinese mayor have already opposed a blockade of taiwan one that we can't do led by china more countries target uh, more countries are targeting citizens abroad china to inspect ships in taiwan strait taiwan says it won't cooperate then it comes up later, it says, one of these articles is about how, well, you know, we might not we might not like it, but we might cooperate. So I think to your point, they might, Taiwan might see this as what you're saying. They want to provoke us. We're going to try to comply, but we're not mad about it. But that the Chinese might end up doing something that ultimately causes the Taiwanese to act. And then that's their, oh, now we're blockading. So the, I, thing, I think the thing to, you, you to look at too is that, yeah. that they're they're um, live streaming this operation of theirs on, on their flagship. They've got a camera pointing outboard, showing the whole thing. I'm telling you, that's an indicator that they expect trouble and they want trouble. 
They want the world to see it. So, no, no, no. I, yeah, no, I didn't know that. No, yeah, no. So, but I, exactly what you're saying, what you've been saying, you can almost see it in the way the news is unfolded today, with regards to this blockade. So this this blockade makes total sense, um, especially Joe, with with what you have said before. It's it's war by any other means, right? So China does not want to use their military. They want to use every uh, to a degree. They'll use the the um the military, but they don't want to have to get into a war, an open shooting war that's like the last thing that they want to do um because in reality they can't sustain one for very long um and two because they need people so this is where um this community comes in right because what china is doing to taiwan right now they're going to do here Right, but they're probably going to do more uh, direct action. I'd imagine. You know, we've seen the Chinese crossing the border in the last couple months um, in crazy numbers. I remember I went down to San Antonio in like 2015, and I asked the demographic spread of who's crossing the border illegally, and obviously it was majority Hispanic. Right, it was South American, Central American, Mexican, but. <clears throat> With, with the new wave of, of Chinese nationals, it's, you know, obviously it, it's communist China. They don't just let people out of their country. Um, you have to pay to get out of there or the government has to send you. So it's either or. In this number, I doubt this many people post COVID have this much money sitting around to pay to get to Nicaragua or Ecuador. Uh, to get into the U.S. No. So this no. is where this community comes in because our naval response is not going to be what you think because our, our military is probably not nearly as strong as it was like 06 through 09-ish. That's like the golden era of the U.S. military post-World uh, War II. That was like when we were peak badasses. Um we kind of went downhill from there and I saw that, you know, I was, I was in from 2010 to 2017 and I, I it was just, I, I could tell when I got in, I was like, holy shit, this is not what I expected. And it didn't get any better from there. Um, so partisans have been used in every single war ever. Right. And, and ever doesn't matter how far you go back. Um, Partisans have been used. And I think this next one is going to be majority partisan. Um, well, we're already seeing that with the two Chinese men arrested with a cutting torch near some railroad tracks. Right. right? Keep so, in mind, that came two weeks after we found a bomb on the railroad tracks in Philadelphia, not far from where these guys were, were nabbed. Right. Yep. And, and I think that the idea... And I, I've fallen victim to this too. The idea of I need to be trained, I need to be prepared, right? You do. However, I think more so now than times that is it's been said before, we need to get mentally prepared to employ those 
those things that we've been learning. Like, yeah, we might need to stay up. Like, you still need to go to work, right? That, this is how this next war is going go to go down, right? You're, you're still, unfortunately, going to have to work. If you have a nine to five, a W2 job, whatever, you're still going to have to go put up drywall and frame and pour concrete and whatever. Um, but you're also going to have to pull guard shift, right? Look at K9 in South Africa. That dude's pulling patrols all the time. That That's how this one's going to go. And I think if you have an active railroad crossing near you, it wouldn't hurt to to get some guys organized and be like, hey, yeah, we're going to have to take like fire guard, like hour and a half, two hour shifts throughout the night. And uh, I'm not saying gun down every guy you see shambling down the railroad track because there's a lot of crackheads and homeless people that wander around. But the, something along those lines is going to need to be done. And I think that time is here in certain places and it's certainly coming soon to most places i i think that's 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 yeah. great commentary yeah we'll I, I haven't heard that anywhere and i think you're spot on yeah yeah for sure for sure i i uh you know it, it's it's Something I said last night, Joe, when we we left airs that, um, you know, a lot of the conversation that was being had was about, uh, you know, oh, Trump's been indicted and what what's what are patriots going to do? Blah, right. Like, all right. Well, you know, and exactly what I said on there, which, which kind of launched a whole uh, thing for a few minutes. But, um, you know, paraphrasing it, it, it doesn't matter. You know, it, it, it doesn't matter what, you know, he, he didn't do anything. He didn't lift a finger for, for the J6 guys. Uh, he hasn't even mentioned them. So I don't, you know, they, they're going to do what they're going to do. I Trump Trump is not the factor here, okay? Um, it, it's what you're doing. Like, everybody is so focused and dialed in on, on things that don't really matter that much that they're missing the point. All right. And, and that is, is that your local community that you're building is critically important. That's, that's for starters. Um, and, and what I'm going to final out here at, at just over two hours, cause we're, <laughs> we're about to get evicted, um, is, you know, that begins with church, your, your community, the bedrock of your community is the church that you're in. If it, you know, people, pe- people are so isolated um, into their little enclaves and in, in their lives that they don't realize that, um, you know, we, we've gotten so far away from it in American culture that when, when we return and we will, uh, you'll, you'll begin to realize that, that your local community church needs to be the bedrock of it. Um, you know, period, period, end of story. You know, and 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 there, there's a lot of rotten apples in the church right now. I'm not making any excuse for them in, in all the denominations, okay? But that's about to get sorted out. That's about to get sorted out by the Almighty. I just have a feeling. And what I said when we went off the air was that uh, I think that the Chinese are about to make our decisions for us here in the United States, and that's coming. Um, I will be doing an episode. Uh, Red Dawn in America, take three, 
and I'm going to be breaking a lot of this down. Uh, tomorrow I have got uh, a couple of couple of podcasts I'm kicking out with some special guests over on other platforms, and uh, I probably will get a Radio Contra kicked out, but I'm going to do a, a very special episode where I'm just breaking these things down uh, yet again. If you haven't listened to the Red Dawn in America episodes in the past, please go do so. I did two of them. It was episode, uh, it was either, it was either 99 or it was a hundred some somewhere in there. And then, uh, 183, I think. But if you do look at red Dawn in America, if you just search that in the radio Contra on, on the page, radio Contra.podbean.com, and you search for red Dawn in America, you will find those two episodes. Listen to them. Listen to them. And I had a lot of people tell me that, that I was wrong about a lot of stuff. You go back and listen to that and you tell me if I was wrong or not. Challenge you. I challenge you. Find fault because I keep receipts for everything that I talk about. I keep receipts. I don't open my mouth unless I know. Uh, unless I know. Uh, with that said, brushbeater.store, brushbeater.store, free shipping on all uh, orders over $100. No codes needed, no special anything, and um, you, I'm going to have new products up there uh, within a, within the next couple of weeks. I've got some stuff on tap that I think all of you are going to like. With that said, we are out of time. Unfortunately, the fastest two hours in podcasting right here in this episode. Go forth and do celebrate Easter. Have a very solemn Good Friday. Remember what it is all about. And enjoy that time with your family next week. Get out, go forth, and do. God bless everybody. Good night, and I'll talk to you again very, very soon. This is NC Scout, out.